The Atlanta Braves doubled down on the Chris Sale trade by extending him to another guaranteed season. Is it worth the risk? I'll answer that question and many more, including how the Braves fill out the rest of the 40-man roster. That on today's episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves. Your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at LockedOn underscore Braves. Send us in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Always enjoy hearing from you. If you're new, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube. If you've already subscribed, you can go ahead and hit that thumbs up button to help others hear about the show so they can subscribe. Over 8,600 subscribers on YouTube now, so trying to get to 9K, hopefully 10K by opening day. So thank you so much for all your support there here at Locked on Braves. If you're listening on audio version, appreciate you as well. Make sure that you leave me a review there, a good one if you would, uh, so you can help support the show too. So thank you so much for all the support you give me here at Locked on Braves. We're recording live on Friday night for our mailbag episode. We got AG7, Glenn, DJ, Ellie, Ecuadorman, Jeffrey, Jessica, DeAndre, uh, Jordan, the wild one of Wolf and Man, and Frankie in here right now. So thank you so much for joining me live. I do a lot of these podcasts in the offseason live. So look out for the tweet that I send you from Locked On underscore Braves. And see Alan, Robert joining in here as well as we get going. I'm sure we'll have more who come in. So thank you so much for joining me live. Thanks for watching the replay. However you support Locked On Braves, I truly, truly appreciate you. And another way you can do that, it's game time. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use our code at Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. It is our Mailbag Friday episode of Locked On Braves, my favorite podcast of the week. You continue to pour in questions, had over 20 submitted on social media, and I'm sure we'll have some more coming in here as we get going from those that are joining me live. So looking forward to getting into all of your questions on today's mailbag episode. A lot of them are the same, so bear with me. I apologize. I'm going to give every make sure everybody's question gets read, but some of these will be duplicates as we go along. But I want to start with the news about the Chris Sale extension and whether or not it's worth the risk. Also, the Braves made another signing for the bench, so that's going to help answer some of your questions about how the Braves fill out this roster but let's start with the extension for Chris Sale. Two years, $38 million guaranteed, and also another option year for 2026 at $18 million. So $16 million in 2024, all of that being paid by the Red Sox, who sent over $17 million. $2022 million in 2025, and then an $18 million club option with no buyout in 2026. So I like the comment here. From Frankie Torres, he says, when breaking down, I think it's a good deal. Basically, two years, $21 million after Red Sox paying the other $16 million. So if you want to look at it that way, I mean, it it's a two-year, $21 million deal for Chris Sale. You give the – you do have the added risk because now that next year is guaranteed, where before it was a club option. You had a club option on him for $20 million next year. Now it's a guaranteed $22 million option. 
I still like it. It gives you some sort of certainty, and I've already gotten berated for using the word certainty when talking about Chris Sale. No pitcher is certain uh, to be healthy or anything beyond in the future. But, you know, as we talked about, a lot of question marks about what the rotation is going to look like beyond 2024. And now, hopefully, you have one of those spots locked up with Chris Sale guaranteed for 2025, and then you have a very affordable club option for 2026. What I think this is, I think this is Charlie more Charlie Morton insurance than Max Freed insurance. I've seen some people try to say that this is just insurance for Max Freed leaving. I think this is more for Charlie Morton. This coming up season is the last year for Charlie Morton. I think Chris Sale and Dylan Short, who used to host this podcast, I give him credit for the one who said this. I think Chris Sale could be you know, on the Charlie Morton path where as long as he's healthy, as long as he's pitching well, Braves continue to give him these one-year deals for 20 22 million, whatever it may be. So I, I think it's a good deal. Again, it's a little bit more added risk because that next year is guaranteed. I will say this, and I've said this to other people who ask me how I feel about it. Braves must be feel really good about his medicals. One, I don't think you make this trade unless you do all your due diligence on Chris Sale and his medicals. And I got to believe that everything they see right now says that Chris Sale is as healthy as Chris Sale can be as a 35 year old lefty that throws weird and has had a lot of injuries some of them you know freak accidents sure but somebody who's had a lot of injuries and hasn't pitched a lot lately I have to just trust and believe that the Braves staff are taking a look at his medicals and say right now Chris Sale is healthy and he's as healthy as he can be and if he's healthy it's a no-brainer I've said it you know go look at the metrics from last year where he threw over 100 innings and was really good I still think almost a 30% K rate. I think he has the ability at times to be a top of the rotation arm. I still think he has that ability in him, kind of like Charlie Morton, who at times when he's on, he can give you six, seven dominant innings of eight, 10 strikeouts. I think Chris Sale can be that. And he's going to have some rough patches here and there. And he's probably going to have some times where he's dinged up and on the IL. But I think for the most part, if he can be healthy, I think this extension is a no brainer. And obviously if you can guarantee health, it would make much more mini moves, no-brainers, but I do like this move for the Braves as it kind of guarantees a spot for next season as much as you can guarantee anything with pitchers. Braves also signed Luis Giorme to a one-year $1.1 million deal. This raises some questions for me. Is David? Are they trying to move David Fletcher? Does he? Does Alex Anthopoulos think he can move David Fletcher? Because these are essentially the same players. Can play really good defense all over the infield, bat to ball type of of hitters. I mean, it's essentially another another David Fletcher for a lot less. So does Alex think he can move some of that money with David Fletcher? I'm sure he's going to try to. I'm sure he wishes he could. But that was one of the first things that signaled for me with the Guillaume deal because I thought Fletcher was just going to come back up and he was going to fill this role. But now you get Guillaume, who can fill that role himself and obviously do it for a lot cheaper. Uh, is Alex Anthopoulos going to try to you know, trade David Fletcher and save as much of that money as he can? We'll see. Maybe that's the next move here as Alex continues to shuffle the board and move pieces around. Braves also avoided arbitration with the NOAA, agreed to $825,000 deal for 2024. He was projected, projected to get $1 million, so Braves save a little bit of money there. Uh, but not a huge money saver. So that's some of the news for the Braves on uh, the day. A lot of news happening. We'll get to some more of the news around baseball later 
in the podcast as well. Let's jump in and start answering some of these questions, though. And I'm going just going in order here on social media. Blake Newsom says, let's talk Michael A. Taylor, Whitten Merrifield, Randall Gritchick, or former Braves, Pilar, Duvall, Heredia, etc. Who do the Braves sign as the fourth outfielder? I'm on the Michael A. Taylor train for a lot of reasons, but who's your realistic pick as the fourth outfielder last bench piece? So we talked about this on Wednesday's episode. I mentioned some of those guys. Michael A. Taylor does make a lot of sense just because he can play center field. He can back up all three positions. Whit Merrifield makes some sense to me as well because not only can he cover the outfield spots, but he can cover infield as well and has a really good bat. Randall Gritchick, just because of that right-handed platoon, he crushes lefties. I think all three of those guys make a lot of sense. It all really comes down to the money. We're going to talk about Harrison Bader later. He got a one-year $10 million deal. I don't know if the Braves have $10 million to spend on a bench player. If you could get Michael A. Taylor for six, seven, eight million, I think that makes a lot of sense. Again, just because of the defensive versatility and he can lock down center field and play it at a near gold glove level if you need him to. So I think he, you know, out of the ones you mentioned, I think he might be the cheapest and make the most sense. I think Merrifield and Gritchick could be a little bit more expensive. Joey Milby says, anything on Perdomo? Been a while since we have signed a real top guy internationally. But like most of the guys who have worked out for us were more afterthoughts. Ronnie and Ozzy signed, and I believe for 30K or less. What are your thoughts on that market for Atlanta? So Jose Perdomo, who are the Braves are expected to sign here coming up January 15th, I believe. Top three, I think some people even have him as a top international prospect. You're right. It seems like a lot of these international prospects, it's some of the more unknowns um, that usually break through. Uh, but it's hard to judge 16, 17-year-olds. I really don't even put much effort into it. It's great the Braves were able to get somebody, you know, his highly thought of like this. And, you know, those scouts do a great job trying to predict um, but I honestly can't tell you much about him other than I'm excited um, that the Braves are going to get him and lock him up, lock him up. And I think there's a question later about where would he rank? I think he probably ranks right in there as maybe the top position player in the Braves system just because of the upside that he has. But again, it's just so hard to predict what 16, 17, when these kids sign, they're sometimes 14, 15 years old. It's hard to predict what they're going to turn in to you know when they get into their their 20s but obviously very excited to sign him and looking forward to seeing what he can do all right we got a lot more questions to get to that's just the tip of the iceberg we'll get to the rest here next all right today's episode is brought to you by a game time you shouldn't have to worry when you buy your tickets for the next big event and you don't when you use game time a lot of you have asked me in the past you've hit me up on social media who is that a user you talk about or that, that group you talk about where you can buy the tickets and it's stress-free and it's game time. Uh, I tell you all the time, go to game time. Use our code locked on. Save yourself $20 when you do so. They have last-minute deals, all-in prices, view from your seat, which I love. I don't ever buy seats to a baseball game unless I see what my view looks like from my seat. So they have that right there for you in the app. Best price guarantee. Their game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section in a row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Find exclusive flash sales. I do this when I go to Braves games. I look at their last minute flash sales, see if I can maybe move down into the 200 section uh, with a really good deal. So look out for that. You can get tickets to football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Again, I've used the game time app. It's super simple 
and easy to use. It is a great experience. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first your per- first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code L O C K E D O N for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I want to also remind you, Locked On's launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And getting back into our questions here from social media, Joey Milby continues, says, 20 years from now, we look back and rank who you think has the best career Best to worst, Vaughn Grissom, Shay Langoliers, William Contreras, Justin Henry Malloy. William Contreras, I think, is obviously right now on track to have the best careers of any of these. I'd probably put Vaughn Grissom second. Not that I think he's going to have this fantastic, you know, all-star career. I've just never been that high on Justin Henry Malloy. Uh, he's a, a one-trick pony who doesn't have a spot in the field. He's a good on-base guy, not a lot of power. Shea Langoliers is nothing but power and good defense as well, but I'd probably rank it William, Vaughn, Shea, and Justin Henry Malloy ranking those four. Joey also says, you're an Auburn guy. I'm a Louisville guy. Who is your Brennan McKay, that dude you thought would dominate and never really materialized? Um, I don't know if you were asking me to pick somebody from Auburn. I can't think of anybody from from Auburn um, off the top of my head, although I am thinking of one right now. Tanner Burns is the one I'm trying to think of. Uh, right now, somebody I thought would be a, a sure top of the rotation type of arm has not worked out yet. Not over for him, uh, but somebody that has not hit yet. Him and, and JT Ginn, again, coming up out of Mississippi State, Burns out of Auburn. Those were two of the best pitchers in college baseball that year, and neither one of them have really been able to get it going at the big league level. But somebody uh, that came to my mind when you asked it, just not an Auburn guy in particular, but Logan Davidson was a guy at Clemson that had a chance to go 1-1. Uh, he was a really great talent there. I think he's with the A's organization right now at AAA, but I thought he for sure was going to be a stud in Major League Baseball, and it just has not turned out yet. Big Dog Fan 73 says 2025 rotation. Strider, Sell, Waldrop, Shaver, and then a combination of Elder, Murphy, and Anderson. I, I think that's possible. Um, I don't know that... I like I like AJ Smith Shaver. I'm not trying to sound down on AJ Smith Shaver this year. I think he got rushed a bit last year. Not to say that he wasn't ready because he pitched well when he got called up. I, I would like to just see him continue to develop and grow. And hopefully by 2025, he is ready to stick in the rotation at some point, even if it is, you know, in the back of the rotation to begin with, while he still continues to learn at the big league level. I've said before, I feel more confident in Waldrop taking a rotation spot and cementing himself there this upcoming season, certainly Strider and Sell at the top, and then figuring out those last that last spot or last two spots amongst Elder. I don't know if Owen Murphy would be ready quite yet either, but you know maybe uh, depending if he gets up to double A this year and looks the part, I uh, certainly think he has a safe floor as a back of the rotation type of guy. And then obviously big questions on Ian Anderson, what he looks like when he comes back. So I think I would love that to be the rotation. I think the Braves still go out and find somebody else. Bellfire says, Freed, Strider, Morton, Sell, Elder. 
not counting the remaining depth, is this the best starting rotation the Braves have had since the Maddox, Glavin, Smoltz days? So this might come as a bit of a hot take, and I'm not not trying to offend anybody from the 90s. I grew up in the 90s watching those three. I think it is the best rotation the Braves have had since that group. Now, I'm not comparing it to that group, but you look at Strider, who is you know Cy Young favorite. He's probably going to finish in the top five in Cy Young many times in his career, if not win one or two. Freed's already finished in the top five of the Cy Young a couple of times himself. I mean, these are two of the best pitchers the Braves have had in their rotation since that group. So I think you have to say that it is you know, the best rotation we've had since those days. Now, I think it's still far from that. I mean, you're talking about three Hall of Famers, but I think this is the best rotation the Braves have had since that group, and especially, you know, include Morton. He, he not on the level of those guys, but I, I would agree. I would say this is the best rotation the Braves have had since those three, when you consider Strider and Freed could both very easily win a Cy Young, and they're pretty easily top 15 pitchers in all of baseball. Another one from Bellfire. I don't get the fans wanting to toss Elder to the trash heap. In my opinion, he was an above-average starter and would have been a number three on a number of teams last season. Are we so spoiled by what the organization has done that we expect everyone developing to be a Strider or Harris? So I think the situation with Elder, again, I've said this many times. When he was drafted, I said, I love the pick. He's going to be a very solid fourth or fifth starter for a long time in a big league rotation. And I still believe that. The problem is he came out on fire in 2023, went to the all-star team, and now fans are expecting that. And so the bar has been raised to Bryce Elder to where he's an all-star, and he's not an all-star. He's a very solid fourth, fifth starter, maybe at times pitches like a three. And I think you're right. Many teams would love to have him. So I, I think it's a case of fans' expectations for Bryce Elder got raised because of a very hot first half in 2023 and that's why some fans are saying, well, he's not a top-of-the-rotation guy anymore. Let's just get rid of him. But that's not the case. He's still going to be a very solid pitcher for the Braves, I believe. Harrison says, hope this hasn't been asked yet. Who is going to replace Michael Tonkin in the bullpen? Is the Enoa going to be our, our option out of spring training? Possibly. Um, I mean, to be quite honest with you, I love the honky-tonk man. He did some great things. He would not be in this bullpen. I mean, he's obviously not. The Braves got rid of him because of that reason. This bullpen's way too good, and the arms that they have are, are even better than anything you've had with Michael Tompkins. So the, the level has been raised in the bullpen to the point where they don't have a Michael Tompkins because I think everybody that they have just about is better than Michael Tompkins. hope that makes sense. Um Glock says, from what I understand about the 40-man roster, by the time we add Fletcher and put three guys on the IL, we would have seven spots left. And your opinion, what will be done with those seven spots? Also, we are flirting with the next CBT level. So will filling these spots put us over? Good question. I don't know because I don't – we're all assuming, and I'm assuming, that the Braves don't want to go over that third level of the luxury tax, which would push their draft pick back 10 spots, obviously a much higher surcharge, 42.5%, I think. I do think these last spots are going to be guys like Luis Guillorme. You're going to get on a million-dollar deal. I think if there's anything big done the rest of the way, it's going to be for the right-handed bat we talked about on Wednesday's podcast. Maybe somebody, again, if you can get a Michael A. Taylor for six, seven, eight million, get an Adam Duvall, and I don't, I don't love the Adam Duvall move, but something like that, five, six, seven million for 
you know, a right-handed bench bat, but something like that would be the biggest move. Otherwise, I think it's going to be players on split contracts, like a Jackson Stevens is right now. Guys like Luis Yorme, who are getting, you know, making one, two million. I don't think it's going to be anything big, especially if they want to stay under that threshold. And you don't have to fill up all 40 spots. So, again, they don't have to fill up seven more spots. And they filled up, you know, one more today by getting Giorme and still possibly could be another with Fletcher unless they move him. So, I don't think it's going to be anything significant. Again, the most significant move they probably make is getting a right-handed bat for the bench. But I still think that move is probably going to be less than $10 million. All right, a lot of more questions that I want to answer. We'll get into all of those next. want to remind you one more time that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Baltimore Braves fan says, assuming Bryce Elder gets the number five starter spot, what do you think Gwinnett's rotation will look like after spring training. So, good question. Uh, Dylan Dodd, for one, possibly Waskar Enoa, if the Braves don't want to put him in the bullpen. I think they certainly could send him to Gwinnett to continue to you know get stretched out and work on things because you don't need Enoa in the bullpen. He possibly could get that last spot, if not Jackson Stevens. Um, but you could very well just send him back to Gwinnett to continue to work on things. So those are the first two uh, that come to mind. Dodd and Inoa, A.J. Smith-Shaver, obviously. Darius Vines, Alan Winans, that's probably going to be your rotation. Waldrop, possibly two. I I said before when we talked about Waldrop, there's a chance that he goes back to double-A. The only reason he got that start in triple-A to end the year was because they were the only league still going and they wanted to get him more innings. Now, Depending on how he looks in spring training, you know, if he comes up and he's he looks great and he's dominating, there's no sense in sending him back to double A. They want to continue to test him at triple A. You can do that. Um, so could be Dodd, Enoa, Shaver, Vines, Enoa, Winans. Depending on how they want to play that out, they want to put one of those guys in the bullpen. But be a pretty, you know, Waldrop as well. Uh, could be a pretty interesting rotation down at Gwinnett. Braves guy says, who would you like to see the Braves target in this year's draft. So it is way too early for me to be looking at the 2024 MLB uh, draft and the Braves pick way too far back in the draft for me to even really have any idea of who would be available. Um, But I haven't looked that far into it, but I can almost guarantee you it's going to be a pitcher. Um, I would love to see them take a, a big time shortstop. You know, I've talked about, wrote an article on Braves today talking about the shortstop depth in the organization. I don't know that there's a clear one right now. I would love to see them go after a shortstop that they think they can mold into the future, whether it's a college guy. And again, I haven't really looked at the the college ranks right now to see, you know, shortstop that might be available then. But I'd love to see them go after a shortstop. You don't usually draft my position need, especially that early in the draft. But, you know, you're asking me what I would like to see them do. I'd probably like to see them target a shortstop. They think they can mold into being their shortstop of the future. William Brave says, what are the Braves going to do with the five spots on the 40-man? they got three spots that will open up 
on the 60-day IL once the season starts. So we already kind of talked about that. I think it's going to be smaller moves like you saw today with Luis Yorme. Agon says, how will Perdomo be ranked in the system once he's signed? Wouldn't when he wouldn't he realistically be an MLB option? When would he realistically be an MLB option? So probably not till 2027. I mean, it usually takes these kids at least three or four years, and that's if you push them quickly. Ethan Salas, who the Padres signed, I want to say last year, he's already got moved up to double A. So that's very rare cases where you see that. So most likely at least three to four years out. Uh, would be the quickest time frame for any of these um, you know, international signees. But I think he'll probably be ranked as the Braves' top position player, um, even you know as soon as they sign him. I think you could easily see that. Corey says, what's the Braves' next prospect to be ranked in the top 100? Discuss this as well with Lindsey Crosby during the Christmas break. You want to go back and check that out. I think Spencer Schwellenbach has a chance. You know, He kind of has the, the pedigree a little bit. Um, you know, being in the Futures game last year, he doesn't get the strikeouts to really be considered a top prospect. But if he continues to put up the numbers he is, I think he's he's close enough. If Ignacio Alvarez starts to show a little bit of power, perhaps he jumps in there. Luis Guanipa, we get a look at him this year in full season ball, and he kind of goes off like some people are predicting. I think he was predicted to be the Braves' breakout prospect uh, by some outlet the other day for 2024. Those are three names I think would probably be considered next, assuming that A.J. smith Shelver and Waltrip is in the top 100 uh, by many outlets. Stan Gardner says, another aspect of the Grissom trade I haven't seen anybody talking about, but do you think this is an, any indication that A.A. is confident Ozzie signs an extension? I personally don't think it has much to do with that. You still have four years of control over Ozzie Albies on the most team-friendly deal you could ever imagine. So. I don't think there's really, I don't think that has much to do with anything. I mean, we're still four years away from that. I I think Ozzy would love to stay here. I think the Braves probably owe him a little bit, but um, I don't think that move had anything, any indication towards what Ozzy's future is going to look like. Leland Hurt says, hey, Jake, hope your child is well from earlier in the week. I took two kids to the doctor today, uh, but thank you for saying that. I appreciate that. Why would Braves extend sell before season even again since he didn't pitch that much last season due to injury? Seems kind of risky to me. With all the trades, who do we have left as bench players? So um, as far as why would the Braves do it now, again, as I kind of talked about at the top, I feel like they have to believe that he is healthy. And you do it now to kind of give you give yourself some sort of certainty for the rotation next year, which we didn't have. And I know he could get hurt, and that certainty is no longer certain. But I think it gives them a little bit more certainty for next year. It also helped in the CBT a little bit for their luxury tax. So maybe that's part of it. I think it's more about just locking in somebody for next year for the rotation and getting some more certainty for the future. And again, just I, I believe they feel good about his medicals. I don't, you don't trade for him and then make that extension unless you feel really good about his medicals. Nancy says, I was very impressed with Darius Vines when he made his first major league start. His composure was great. He reminded me of Michael and that he was confident he belonged here. Will he get a fair share of starts in spring training for the fifth spot? Um, I think he will. I think he's towards the bottom of the depth chart, but I did like what I saw from Vines. I mean, it's a really good changeup. 
it's kind of similar to Elder. You know, he's a back rotation guy. He's got to be on. He's got to be able to locate. Uh, but I was also I was impressed with him and Alan Winans. I thought both of them came up and pitched with a lot of confidence. So they'll probably get they'll definitely get some looks in spring training. They may even get a look or two during the regular season. It's solid depth. It's not anybody you want to rely on. But I was impressed with both of those guys. Sorry, going to try to squeeze in as many as I can here. Uh, Sergeant Giddyup says, do we know A's contract is, should he be extended way too far out? The Braves go for top pitching next year, assuming Max is gone. Thanks as always. A's contract is up after this year. He better get extended. He's one of the best, if not the best GM in baseball. I don't know who the Braves get next year with the free agent prices though. I can almost tell you it's probably not going to be a free agent. It's going to have to be a trade. I think they're going to give AJ Smith, Shelver and Waldrop as much of a look as they can this year determine what they have there and if they feel confident those guys can stick in the rotation then they do if not look for one of those to maybe get traded to you know, upgrade the rotation in the offseason bailey hudgens what are your thoughts on what the braves approach should be to keep the 2025 rotation now that we know strider and sale are locked up i, I think i just said it. see what you have in Waldrop and aj smith shawver this year and then go from there either Penciling those guys in the rotation, you feel like they're you're confident they can stick, or trading one or two of those guys to upgrade it through a trade. I just don't think they're going to pay these free agent prices. Ted says, "What are your thoughts on why the Braves didn't re-sign Nicky Lopez? He seemed like a great fit for a backup infielder because they just got Guillermo Heredia for one million to essentially do the same thing, and Nicky Lopez was going to cost four million. Jordan Griffey, there's several spots on the forty man still open. Uh, Maybe a bench bat, but that's really it. What do you see A doing with all those open spots? Kind of answer that as well. I think it's going to be minor deals, nothing major um, for the Braves. One Iron Lung says, is giving up a defensive liability with upside worth it to acquire a declining injury-prone liability? Kind of answer that in the first segment. Yes, again, it all comes back to do the Braves feel comfortable with where Chris Sale's medicals are? And I don't think you make this trade an extension unless you do. And if Chris Sale is healthy, it's a no-brainer in my mind. I think he, I think he's going to be good when he pitches. Just based on what I saw last year in the metrics, I think he's going to be good when he pitches. Uh, a couple more questions trying to get to from those who are live. Alan Daniel says, what are your thoughts on the new infielder picked up today? I think he's essentially a David Fletcher for a lot less. Everything I hear about him from the Mets, he's a good teammate. Plays hard. He's a ball player. Can play good defense all over the infield. Good contact guy. So essentially what David Fletcher is. Sylvester Williams is Azuna under contract for next season. He has a team option. Don't remember how much it is. I think it's 16 million, 16 or 18 million. So uh, he does have another team option for next year, but this is the last guaranteed year of his deal. It's another 40 home runs this year. I mean, the Braves may end up picking up that option, which is crazy because trying to give this contract away last offseason. But yeah, it's a $16 million team option for 2025 with a $1 million buyout. So the Braves do still have some control over him for 2025. And then last one, DeAndre Falcon says, Jake, do you think the Braves will try to upgrade the shortstop position this year? A lot depends on what Orlando Arcia looks like. And maybe some depends on how Ignacio Alvarez uh, continues to grow. And if the Braves think he can stick at this position, I'm a little skeptical of that. But it really, it really just depends on how the season goes for Arcia and for Ignacio Alvarez, if they think that he can take that spot on. 
you know, sometime pretty soon. But they still have, I believe, three more years of control over Orlando Arcia for $2 million. And he's a guy that's going to play solid defense, give you a league average offense. I mean, it is, again, one of the, the better deals and values in all of baseball, getting Orlando Arcia for $2 million. He's not great by any means. He's certainly not an all-star um, like he you know, was flirting with last year. But, yeah, $2 million for this upcoming season, the one after that, and then a $2 million team option for 2026. So that buys you some time to try to figure out the shortstop position. But I think it would take Orlando Arcia just completely falling flat, You know, being a below-average hitter, the range causing some issues at shortstop. Um, but – I don't I don't think they'll do anything in 2024. I think it will be see what Orlando can do this year. See how some of your young players progress at the shortstop position. Can Ambioris Tavares get it together with the bat and maybe he looks like your future at shortstop. So I think that's that's still wait to see what happens in 2024. All right, that will do it for this episode of a Locked On Braves. Thanks so much for all of your questions submitted on social media and for those who were able to join live. I didn't get your question. Please put it in the comment section below. I try to get to every single comment on YouTube. So if I didn't get to yours, put it down below on, on the YouTube section. And I'll get to it there. Again, that would do it for this episode. Make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube if you're new. Follow us on social media at LockedOn underscore Braves and at Shortstop Ball. And we will talk to you next time. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 